And I want us to open our Bibles to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 4, from verse 7 to about 18. However, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. That is why the scriptures say, when he ascended to the heights, he led a crowd of captives and gave gifts to his people. Notice that it says, he ascended. This clearly means that Christ also descended to our lowly world. And the same one who descended is the one who ascended higher than all the heavens so that he might fill the entire universe with himself. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to you to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son, that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Amen. Shall we go to Romans chapter 12? Romans chapter 12 from verse 3. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function. So it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it already. Amen. God bless the reading of this word. Maybe you are wondering, I use the NLT vision, the New Living Translation. Hallelujah. Amen. I understand, you know, you know, the theme of our feast of grace is deeper with God. And even in the night vigil, the topic was deep calls unto deep. Hallelujah. It's a time to look into our lives, into our Christian walk. And it's a moment where God has given us a message that we need to go deeper. Hallelujah. That we need to go deeper. That's why we've started giving, you know, before the feast of grace, I believe the men of God that are coming, they're going to come and they will preach, they will attack, you know, they will share a message that takes us to those depths, to the deeper waters where God wants us to go. Hallelujah. So we are already laying a foundation and just sharing on things, you know, and talking about, you know, going deeper in the Lord. And that's what was being shared even in the night vision, that you need to desire, you need to yearn, you need to hunger for God, you need to desire to go deeper with the Lord. Say, you know, that I may know him and the power of this resurrection, that God may be real in your life, that you may really go deeper in your life. Hallelujah. So when you hear such a message, for me, it, you know, it makes me think and look into my life that, God, where am I right now? 
Where am I really in my Christian walk, in every aspect of my life, in every aspect of my Christian walk, where am I really? And when you're challenging us to stay deeper with God, it means there is something. Think about the level that you are right now. Think about the level where your relationship with God, your service to God. When it says deeper with God, it challenges every aspect of our Christian walk. Hallelujah. And I want to share about one of the aspects of going deeper with the Lord. When you are going deeper with the Lord, when your relationship with God increases, when it gets deeper and deeper, even your service to God, it gets deeper. Hallelujah. So I want to challenge us today. How is your service to God? <coughs> I've titled the sermon, Dig Deeper Into Your Ministry. Dig deeper into your ministry. And many times we've heard that, you know, as a child of God, there is a ministry, there is a calling that each and every one of us has. And sometimes maybe, you know, you think, oh, maybe it's only the leaders of the church. It's only those that are called pastors. You know, we say pastors, they are the ones who should do ministry. But that's not what, from what the messages that I read, from Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. Maybe you can show me again. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. It says, however, each and every one of us, you know, has been given a special gift through the generosity of Christ. You know, that's not just Jesus Christ just being generous to give each and every one of us. Hallelujah. Does the scripture say only pastors are given the gift? Does it say only leaders of the church? So, but who does it say? Point to yourself, me. Hallelujah. I want someone to just touch you and say, me. I have been given a special gift. Hallelujah, church. Hallelujah. And uh, so, each and every one of us has a gift, has a ministry. And what is ministry? When we talk about someone, say, what is ministry? Ministry is a service that is done in the house of God, being enabled by the Holy Spirit. It means it's a service that God is you know, entitled for you, which you do in the house of God, which you do in the body of Christ, in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. It is an area of service, and we have different areas of service. Hallelujah. And we are in the, in the scriptures that we read, we read about different areas of service, different types of ministries. And Jesus provided the pattern for Christian ministry. He came not only, you know, to receive service, but to give it. Hallelujah. And that is also a challenge that she left for us. You know, he came not only to, you know, in, 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 Mark, in Mark 10, verse, is it Mark 10, 45. He did not only come, you know, just, he came to save. He says, I came to save. He came to save. And you know, the, the, the essential thing for us as Christians is Christ gave his life for us and we receive, we receive life. Hallelujah. We accepted him as our Lord and Savior. So that let me make a point that you only do ministry, you serve God when you have received Christ first. Yeah. The first thing is to receive Christ. That is the first calling. To receive the Christ, to, to receive Christ. says, you know, to receive him, to make our lives a living sacrifice to him first thing. And then we receive a ministry, a calling, a gift, a service that God has entitled for each and every one of us. There is something, there is a special gift for you. Hallelujah. Say to your neighbor, there is a special gift for you. There is a special gift for you. Hallelujah. God has not designed that you only become a child of God, you know, so that you only come to church every Sunday or whatever. You go to our fellowship just to warm the benches. You come, you go, you hear the word. That is not the only thing. Hallelujah. 
God has not made you a child of God just for that. There is something in you that you carry. No matter how much you think, no matter how you think, oh, I'm so quiet, no matter how much you think you are, you, you, or you feel you are weak or whatever, but there is something special in you. There is something that you carry. Hallelujah. And, um, you know, a ministry can and should include, you know, ministering to the physical, emotional, mental, vocational, and financial needs of others. And Jesus did that, and so should we. Hallelujah. So in the, in the different passages, in the passages that we read, for me it tells us that we are all called. We are all called to do something. We are all called to a ministry, to a service. We are all called to do something in the house of God, in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. The Romans 12, from, from verse 3 to 8, where we read, it talks about gifts that are given, says, according to grace, according to faith. Hallelujah. There is administration. It mentions about things like administration. What, not in these things, some gifts of service, things like hospitality. We see ushering. We see welfare. It says some are given that gift just to show mercy. Just to care for others. Just to do things to help others. He said, according to the grace that you have been given, do that which you are supposed to do. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have been given that, if someone given that gift to give, whenever, whatever, something, they are just compelled to give. And they quickly pick up a need. They just see that, oh yes, maybe somebody needs help. You just find those people, they are quick to know. That's all. Oh, there is a problem. Somebody just needs help. There are some who have been given that gift. And God is saying, do it according to the grace and the faith that you have received. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. There are some who know what to, who do administration. And these gifts and callings, sometimes they even relate to the things, the work that we do in our, you know, in our careers. People who are administrators usually even those do finance, they are working as, as in, in, in financial offices or whatever, doing accounting work. You will notice that, hallelujah. Because these gifts and calling, they also have to do with our passion, the things that we, with our abilities, the things that we are good at, the gifts in Romans 12, hallelujah. Some are encouragers or exhorters, exhorters. When somebody is not there, when they just come out their presence, it just encourages. Or when somebody, it's for easy for them to just speak, or even after service, they will just come and talk to you, and you find you're encouraged. Just being there, they just come there to support you, and you find, oh, I've been feeling so weak, I've been, my week has been bad, things are not going well, and that, that person just comes. They just say a few words, but you feel so encouraged, yeah. because that is their gift, that is their ministry area, to encourage. And God has given them that grace, hallelujah. And you can be used by God in such area. Hallelujah. Give, God gives you that grace. Hallelujah. We find also the intercessors. They are just, they, you know, ministers in the house of God. Some are just called to minister in the house of God. And what do they do? They just pray for others. They are praying for the church. They are praying for the nation. They are crying to God for the nation. They have a heart. If anyone is sick, just give them a prayer point. They are praying about it. Even if people, they don't know. Even whatever. You know, intercessors, they will pray. Anyone, oh, my mother is sick right there. Somewhere there in South Africa. The intercessor just picks it up and they begin to pray. They just have that grace. Hallelujah. God has called them to minister in the house. Hallelujah. 
Some are just called to service. Acts 6, verse 1 to 2, and going down. The deacons, there were, there were no selected. There were no selected. The apostles said, no, we can't be have the ministry of the way, but we need people that are going to help to serve others. And you find such even in the house of God. There are some people, even the one, maybe first time they just come, you find them already serving them. Or just doing things, serving in the house of God. Hallelujah. We have all these gifts. Hallelujah. And in the word of God, it says we are all unique. It's diverse. We all have diversities. Different kinds of gifts that God has given to us. Amen. Amen. Some are called even to praise and worship the music ministry. Hallelujah. If you read 2 Chronicles 16, 2 Chronicles 16, verse 4, and also go to 2 Chronicles 9, verse 26 to 23, it talks about, you know, they were just ministering the Levites. Some were just called to worship, to lead in music. That's why we also not with the music ministry. They are called to minister in the house of God. Hallelujah. Some people just have that nice voice. And when they sing, you know, with prayer and what, God gives them the grace that when they sing and the presence of God just comes. Or when they just sing, someone will just feel encouraged. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Then also Ephesians 4 talks about the gifts that Jesus gave to the church, which are called the fivefold ministry. These are offices. There are also some who are called to those offices, who operate in those offices of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher, or the pastor and teacher, whatever they want to say. Some say pastor and teacher. There are also some people who have been called. And they are not only for some people. Even you sometimes you are called to that office. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. These ones are an entrusted office. It is by appointment. You can be called to be an apostle. We need those apostles in the church. Hallelujah. Amen. You see that the apostles are the ones who see they are found in ministries. They are found in churches. You know, they are dream awakeners. Wherever they are, apostles, they want to encourage people to know who they are. They want people to, uh, to awaken the potential in people. That's how we see what, you know, what they do in normal, in normal life. Apostles, they want to they dream, awaken your dream. They, they just want people, you know, they encourage people to, to know who they are, to reach their potential. And God uses them through that. Apostle means send one. Hallelujah. They are sent to the church to govern the church. Hallelujah. The apostles govern the church. And we need apostles. Hallelujah. No, don't mind those people who have polluted these names. You know, there are these ones who just wake up one day, you're calling yourself apostle, you, when you are just, you know, and you're still growing the Lord, and then you're just calling yourself a prophet. You know, you find that for you to come to that position, you go through some grooming, you got God works in you, in your character, you go through something, you begin to serve God, even in lower levels, even. And then you rise up to that, not to just wake up, or you now start your church and say, I'm an apostle, hallelujah. <laughs> So that those are they 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 spoil it, but God has given us the fivefold ministry gifts. He says not to equip the church to build the body of Christ. If we go down reading verse eleven, it says to build the church to equip the body of Christ, so that we may all mature, we may all grow. Hallelujah to the maturity that God wants to take us. Hallelujah. We have the, our prophets. The prophets are there to guide the church. You know the prophets. They say their hearts reveal us. They, relieve, they, they reveal the heart of God. They are heart revealers. They reveal the heart of God at a particular place, at a particular situation. There are some people who are called to that office of the prophet. When prophets preach or what, usually they always point the church, point the church to live in a holy life, 
point the church to live in, right? Because they, they, they always, even the nation, they point the, church, the nations to live in a holy life, a life that pleases the Lord, points evil, gives direction to the church, gives guidance. Prophets also operate in the gift of prophets, which is mentioned in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's not, it gives the exhortation, encouragement when it's a gift operating. It, it's there to encourage the people, to exhort the church. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have prophets, and we need prophets even in the church today. Hallelujah. Yes. We need them. We need them. We can also be gifted to that. Get God can call you to that. Hallelujah. We also have the evangelists. Evangelists, they say the evangelists, they gather the church. They are storytellers, the evangelists. Whenever you have an evangelist around, they want to talk about Jesus. They always talk about, you know, about the goodness of the Lord. They always want to nudge somebody to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. So even, you know, if I naturally, they all, they always, their talk, talk is always about winning souls. Winning souls. Passion for souls. There are some people like that in the church of God who have that, you know, that desire and that, and they just want, it's all about souls. They talk about Jesus, the story of Jesus, salvation. They just want, even when they are with people, they always want to point them to, to salvation. Hallelujah. Amen. And you can also be called to that. We need evangelists today. Hallelujah. Amen. We need evangelists. Hallelujah. Then the pastors, they guard the flock, they guard the sheep, the prophets, they govern, the evangelists, they bring. And when the evangelists, you know, there's the evangelists, they are, they are operating, they operate, the sheep is there, they are fishermen, you know, and the church is their boat. They bring the souls, they bring them to the church, and the pastors take care of the sheep. Pastors are the shepherds. When the evangelists have brought them, when people have come to salvation, you come to church, you find pastors, they want you to be family. They want you to be family. They want you to feel part of, you know, part of the family, part of the church. Their hearts, they take care, they take care of souls. Hallelujah. Amen. Pastors are easy, you know, they, they want to, they easily forgive. They always say, no, 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 let's do it, let's help him. Let's do this, this, you know. I see it in my husband, they live with the pastor. Hallelujah. <laughs> But you see that the heart of the pastor is there. They take care. Hallelujah. So someone says they are soul healers. They are soul healers. They want to mend the brokenhearted. They want them to bring together. Is anyone suffering? They just want them to feel at home. You know, let us be family. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And we need the pastors. We need such people. Hallelujah. You find even the pastors most sometimes are leading the house fellowships. House fellowships are more like the smaller church. And the pastors, people in that ministry area, are leading house fellowships as well. Hallelujah. And the teachers, they ground the church in the word of God. The teachers, they want to speak the word of God, the truth of the word of God. They want to make the word of God clear. Hallelujah. It says they are light givers in the kingdom of God. They want the truth of the word of God to be known. And we need teachers of the word. Hallelujah. We need teachers to ground the church. There are so many teachings around. Wrong teachings. You know, people can just interpret the Bible in any way they want. But we need people who can rightly define the word of God. When a teacher speaks, you find even sometimes the way they make you understand the word. You say, oh, okay. So this is how it is. This is how the word of God is. Because they've just been given that gift to, you know, to just explain simply the word of God in such a way that, you know, it becomes so simplified and we understand it. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need teachers. Hallelujah. Amen. You can be called to that ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. So the fivefold ministry is a framework 
to grow, build, and mature the body of Christ to continue the workings of Jesus Christ through the lives of the saints. Hallelujah. Amen. It's there to grow for us that the body of Christ may grow so that we may mature in every aspect. Hallelujah. So all these, you know, the gifts, all these, you know, the fivefold ministry gifts, the, the gifts that God has given to us, even the gifts of faith that I mentioned in Romans 12, you know, it can also be in our lives. It can also, we can also be called to those ministerial gifts. Hallelujah. Because each and every one of us has a special gift. Hallelujah. When we go, as we go deeper with the Lord, you find that you cannot just grow in your Christian Christianity and it's only just you and you, you and you seeking God. You find you begin to feel enlarged, you know, a feeling that, you know, you cannot just be where you are, but you need to serve God. Hallelujah. Sometimes you don't know what, you don't know, you know, what era, but you feel you can no longer just be. You can no longer just be. You can no longer just be coming to church going. Oh, you know, God bless you and you go. And you are just sitting even. You know, you find that you are you are challenged. You have an inner feeling to do something for God. And that is why as the theme says, going deeper with God. We need to go deeper even in our ministries, even in our areas of service. There is something for you that you can do in the house of the Lord. God can also call you to be, you know, to be in part of those ministry areas, to do something in the house of the Lord. No matter how small you think it might be, but it is an area of your calling. Hallelujah. Amen. And you find you have to begin somewhere. You have to begin somewhere. It's better than just to be sitting because for you to grow, God will multiply the gifts. And you cannot multiply if there is nothing that you are not doing. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, multiplication has to be happened. There should be something. You have to start somewhere. Hallelujah. Amen. You have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere. I want to challenge you. Do you know your calling? Say to your neighbor, do you know your calling? That is what the assignment that I'm giving you after this sermon today. Do you know your ministry? Hallelujah. Do you know your calling? Do you know your ministry area? Do you know your, your area of service? Hallelujah. What is your passion? What is your desire? Because God works through even those passions, those desires. Like I was mentioning those ministerial gifts we read in, in Romans 12. You find in some things that you love to do. You love to put things into order. Teachers, they always have, they are very organized. They love things to be in order. Even you find the way they manage their lives, there is a lot of order. They are organized. They, they, they are putting things in dire. They think, no, you know, administrators, they are organized. That's why even people who do finance in church, there are, are people who, who, know, who love to do it, who love finance, who are organized, they want to put things in order. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Those, those who do welfare, who give support, who know who, who do support, they might they just find a need. Hallelujah. They will just find a need somewhere. And even you wonder how did they know this person is in need? I'm always challenged by my sister, Pastor Dussel. She will tell you, oh, you know, so and so. And in the end, sometimes I'm saying, Pastor, what these things are just but you realize it's a calling, it's a ministry. And for me, I know I learned that you know things that I take petty, and they really mean something. And you find then the things that the, she does. It really changes somebody's life. Yeah. And some people have now come to the kingdom because of the things that she has done for them. And yes. they say, oh, okay. So this is what you meant. And then, and she just finds, it just happens for her naturally that she always find somewhere where there is a need, where there is need for support, and she will support the people. Mm. That is the area. And so those are the things that helps you. You find you have a concern for people. Hallelujah. 
So how do I know my ministry? How do I know my calling? That's what I'm already talking about. Hallelujah. How do I know it? In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 1. You can read it for me. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Sosthenes. He says, it, Paul says, chosen according to the will of God. So you need to know the will of God for your life. Ephesians 5 verse 17, I think it's Ephesians 5, if you remember, maybe or start from 15, Ephesians 5, 15 to 17. You can change it to the KJV. You can change it to kingdoms. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. The Bible says, be do not be not unwise. In other words, saying, do not be a fool, but understand what is the will of God. What is the will of God for your life? Seek the will of God for your life. And you know what, James, you know, James 1, James 1, verse 5, he says, if any man lacks wisdom, let him pray. So if you don't know, if you don't know your calling, some people really are in that position. They don't know what is their ministry area. They don't know what they are supposed to be doing. Pray. Pray and ask God to help you to lead you. Prayer is the thing that, and as you pray, you'll find God will lead you and direct you to the calling, to the ministry area where you're supposed to serve Him. Hallelujah. So pray and seek the will of God. Hallelujah. God deals with us as individuals. And you know, He doesn't do the same with everyone. We are all unique in our own ways. God has made us unique. So the way I might have received my calling, my ministry, that I have known it, is different from the way you will know it. So sometimes it's also all about how does God speak to you about situations in your life? Hallelujah. Just the same way He speaks to you, the same way you will know, okay, what shoe am I wearing today? How am I going to wake up today? How am I going to start my day? God, you know, you pray, you lead. You know, the same way God speaks, the way you get, the way you get conviction of this is what I'm going to do. How am I choosing my degree? This is the program that I want. God didn't guide me. This is the conviction that I have. The same way God will speak to you, even concerning your calling and ministry. Hallelujah. There are some, of course, who have received even an audible, an audible, you know, voice. God has spoken in real audible voice to say, this is your, your, your ministry area. Sometimes in dreams. As a child of God, don't just sleep and dream and say you wake up. There are some dreams which are dreams from heaven. There are some dreams where God speaks. There are some dreams that I realize when a child of God, your dreams are not just, you know. Sometimes you say, oh, I was so in a deep sleep. And then, oh, I dreamt. And this, this. We're laughing that at the time. Say, you know, sometimes, usually when God speaks to you three dreams, you feel like you've been sleeping so deep. Yes. You can just sleep like five minutes. Let's say take a nap in the afternoon. And you're like, gone, gone. And you see, then you start to see pictures, things happening. A dream comes. And that's it. I can testify of that area. That's how God speaks to me a lot through my dreams. Sometimes I'll just say, let me take an afternoon nap. And in three, five minutes, I already dream something. I, I'm just like I'm going into a deep sleep. You know, the Bible talks about trances. It's like a trance. 
you just go, you just don't know, you're just like, but you wake up knowing certain things, pictures, things happening. And then you need to start praying and God to show it to help you. When I'm, when I'm going to preach, usually God gives me the scripture through dreams. Sometimes again, I know I get the whole Bible passage in my dream. And I know, and then I begin to pray, and God directs me to what I'm really supposed to be saying about that Bible passage. So, so take note of those things that happen in your life as a child of God. Hallelujah. Amen. As a Christian, your dreams are not just sleep, sleep, and sleeping. You know, God can speak to you even through your dreams. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are different ways that God speaks to us. Sometimes it's a prophetic word or confirmation from another person. You know, sometimes God uses also the mature believers in our midst to confirm an area of your calling. And sometimes it's through reading the word of God. That's why it's important to read the word of God. Sometimes you're just reading the word of God about something that is happening, about someone in the Bible, someone serving like this, this was Stephen in First Corinthians talks about how they were serving. It will just feel, you know, you feel something within you, your heart is like burning. Yes. And God somehow is speaking to you, you feel a conviction. Pray about it, hallelujah. Pray about it and begin to know. You will find as you go deeper with the Lord, as we go deeper knowing the God, knowing God, you find God always challenges you to save him. So if you find you've been in church for so long, you've been a child of God so many years that you're not saving God, I'm challenging you today. I'm challenging you, brethren. Let's go and let's know, let us know what is the area of our calling. It's a negative sign if you, you have been so long in the house of God, not doing anything, not serving in any area. You don't know. It's a challenge that I'm challenging someone today. Go and know your ministry area. God also does not want lazy people. Laziness does not help you. You find a lot of times Christians who grow, they grow as they serve God. They are doing something. Hallelujah. Our religion, yes, salvation, you know, our thing is not by works. Christ did it for us, but when you have received the gospel, you find it, it fuels you to works. Yes. You find you just find people encouraged to do works. Hallelujah. You find people doing Christians, they begin to do even charity work, giving thousands and thousands of money, just helping people out there when they have received Christ. You begin to realize, I can do something. Mm. I, can, I can make a difference. Hallelujah. Mm. God has called us to make a difference. To make a difference in the kingdom, to make a difference in the nation, to make a difference in this world. Hallelujah. When we have come to the, you know, to God, God cannot, you cannot just be always, Amen, I'm blessed, I'm this, and you're not doing anything for God. I challenge you, hallelujah. I challenge you if you're under my voice today, you know, to say, you know, you cannot remain, you cannot be, you cannot just be a bench sitter, a bench woman, hallelujah. You cannot just be a child of God by not doing anything for God, hallelujah. God has something special for you. If they taught you all, you are useless, you are what? No, I'm telling you today, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Even some people who are handicapped, you know, some people in wheelchairs, they are doing something for God. Yeah. One of you, you have both legs, you have both feet. Mm. You have your mind working. Some are in mental problems. They are trying to make things work, but mentally, it, it, they, they can't. They fail. But we, we are mentally up. And why can't we use our mental to save God? Mm. Hallelujah. Mm. Praise the Lord. So consider your abilities. Second, consider your abilities and spiritual gifts. God usually connects us with opportunities 
that make our abilities to serve you and to serve others. Hallelujah. <laughs> so those abilities that you have, you know, consider them. The passions. He says, you know, someone is saying, you need to know your passion. What drives you? What drives you? Your passion, even just, just for natural things, it helps you to understand your calling. It helps you to understand what you're called to. Hallelujah. You know, you're, you're natural, the way you relate. Pastors are extroverts. You know, you mean when I say extroverts, people who easily talk. Because pastors, they will just find out, okay, most times they're extroverts, they want to take care of people. They will just approach a person, find a way, they find a way to take care of them. Hallelujah. They just want to find it because they will just reach out to take care of people. Hallelujah. And the evangelists, they're always thinking about souls. A teacher likes to study. Some just like to study. If we talk about an area, like now I've talked about ministry gifts, a teacher will go and dig further to read and to study. They want to see. Is what Mama Pastor was sharing, what she was sharing about the apostle. Is this true about the prophet, about the teacher? They go further, further. They want to study. They want to know the truth. They want to know the facts. So you'll find if you then you're like that, you have that natural desire to just study. Hallelujah. You go further. Amen. So know your abilities, know the, your passion. What are the things that drive you in life? Even you know, in your general and just your natural life. Amen. 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 So also in sometimes if you are in a church or in a particular ministry like this, there are opportunities for you to save. If you are not sure, I even my pastor always kind of saying, if you don't know, find an area where you feel there is a gap. You find an area, maybe in this department, is it ushering? Or maybe in the technical, I see there is a gap. Find an area. And, and as you do that, you find you begin to realize what is really, to, am I really called to this area? What is really my area? So make use of opportunities to save. Hallelujah. Make use of that opportunity to save. Respond. Like that time we're being given feel that form to feel. You are told, choose an area where you want to save. You know there are some churches that are so big that they don't even ask you where you want to save. Because they are so big. They have so many people. So you mean there are some people are always just coming to warm the benches that you see. They don't really know what are they called to do. Some churches are so, you go some mega churches, they are so big, they already have hundreds of people serving. So if you are not careful in that kind of a church, you may never know what is your calling, what is your ministry. And you can always just be a Sunday Christian. You come to church, you go, that's it. You come and go. But some places like here, we have lots of, you know, it's a small church. You can always find an area. Say, okay, let me try in this department. I feel, I feel motivated to do this. And then you work in that department. And you find as you go, it will help you to know and to understand your ministry. First Timothy 3, verse 1, it says, you know, this is a trustworthy saying. If someone aspires to be an elder, he desires an honorable position. I want to the King James. So desire, desire is the most important thing. He says it's an honorable thing to desire. You must have a desire. Have a desire. If you find something you don't have that desire to serve God, then something is not right. We have people are saying, you know, if a man desires the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. Yes, you talk about office, but if you are desiring to serve God, to be in a ministry, you are desiring the right thing. Hallelujah. So a desire is important. And you find as you desire, 
you pray and you seek God and God will show you your ministry area. If you don't have any desire, ask God to help you. Say, God help me. Let me have a desire. Amen. To save you, let me have a desire to do something in your house, to do something in the kingdom of God. So knowing your passion is also very key, like I mentioned. Know what, is, what are the things that you love to do? What are the things that, you, if in that thing which you love to do, think about it, what can you do for other, for another person through that thing? What you like to do? What do you think you can do for other people? It will help you to see how you can be of use in the house of God and know your ministry area. Amen. So the church is in need of people who are called by Jesus. Hallelujah. Who know why they are called. Who stick to Jesus. Who, you know, so I want to challenge us. Do you really know your ministry area? Do you really know your calling? Do you understand the plan of God? There is something special for you. I want to motivate someone to say, you know, God has called you. You know, a mother is always an answer to a child. You are an answer to somebody. You are an answer to something. You are an answer, you know. There is no, no, let nobody tell you that you cannot be helpful. You are a helper. You can be an answer to someone. You can be an answer to a situation. You can be an answer to something. And that's what God has created us for. He has created us, you know, you know so that we may, we may show forth his glory. And if you don't just be showing forth his glory, if you just come, you pray yourself, you walk out your room, you go to your lecture, you go to your work, you come back, you don't do anything for anybody, but God wants to see, you know, your glory, His glory should be seen through your life and through service. It's one of the main areas that the glory of the Lord is seen through our lives, through our serving God. Hallelujah. You carry something within you that can be used to build others. I want to challenge you. You carry something. There is something. You can say a word of encouragement. There is something in you. Your hands are equipped to do something. Hallelujah. You are a walking treasure. Hallelujah. You are a walking treasure. And what you will use will multiply. If you don't use it, then there is nothing. But what you will use, God will multiply it. Hallelujah. So choose to make a difference. When you read in the book of Judges, you know, Deborah arose. Deborah, nobody chose her to be a leader. But she realized that Deborah arose. Hallelujah. And she decided to make a difference. She decided to be a mother in Israel. Hallelujah. So nobody gave her the title of a leader. But she arose and decided. Sometimes nobody will even come to you and give you something. People will say they might look down on you, but you must decide to say, I'm going to arise. Hallelujah. I'm going to arise and make a difference. In my own generation, I'm going to arise. Hallelujah. You can make a difference, you know, and turn and change things in this world. You can make impact, no matter, even in your workplace, in your own home, even ministry starts in your own home. Hallelujah. In ministry starts in your own home. The way, the, the way you treat those children, the way you treat that your husband, the way you treat whatever your relatives, that is ministry. Hallelujah. Yes. Hallelujah. So you need to surrender yourself to God, brethren, for the betterment of the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Because we can be of service. As we are going deeper with the Lord, it means, you know, we are going to turn around this city again because of our ministry and service to God. As we go deeper with God, people will know that that church, those people, there is something different. When we were coming, you know, we saw, we saw this man when we were driving incoming. This man, you know, these days in Netherlands, people are going, they just go volunteer, pick papers. They pick rubbish. People just go with their bags. Anytime you can, I think you can just go with a thing. Pick. They pick papers just in the in the. So when we're discussing, my husband saying, "But why don't we do this? We always talk about community. 
work. Why don't we one time know? We all say no times. Just have times. We just say we are all going with our you know bean paper, bean bags, and our sticks. We are picking the plastics, the plastics. If people see us not doing those things, or if they not begin to know what we with these people, they are going around picking papers. You know, you two, do you know what do you think will happen? Hallelujah. What do you think will happen? The impact that we will make. And we can do, you don't need to go and apply to the Hemete. They are allowing people these days, say for the environment, you just come with a bean bag. Anytime you want to morning or what, you come with your stick, you pick, you pick, you pick. We will turn around this, this city, hallelujah. We will turn around this city. Those are small things that we can just do, hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I just want us to rise up, you know, and be on our feet. I want to challenge some say, do not discount the dreams that the Holy Spirit is birthing in you. Don't be afraid when the Holy Spirit guides you. Be secure in your calling. Galatians 1 verse 10. Tell her, be secure in your calling. Know your calling. Know your ministry area. Be secure. Be confident in that which God is for you. God is something that you can do. Hallelujah. Says, for do I now persuade men? Oh God, what do I seek to please men? For if I let please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Be secure. You want to please God. You do not want to please men. Know that you are doing it for God. Whatever you do, you are doing it for God. Paul says in 1 Corinthians that whatever, whether when you eat or you drink, you are doing it for the glory of God. Know that whatever you are doing, you are doing it for God. So be secure in your calling. It doesn't matter what small thing. You might just have to start by even just cleaning this church. You might start by cleaning even the toilet. I know a man of God who is powerful, but his, you know, his role when he started was just you know, cleaning toilets. When people are in church or in conference, he's always going to check at the toilet clean. Because it was a very big church. That was his role, to clean the toilet. And then people started knowing that this brother prays so much. That when a demon comes which they can't cast, they will say, go and call him. Go and call him from the toilets, from the bathrooms, cleaning the bathrooms. And he's coming to cast out demons. So God can use you. It doesn't matter. You know, you might start very small, but that is why how God takes you. He will multiply that which you will begin to use. Hallelujah. I want to challenge someone, even if you have been serving God, but I want to say, are you doing it home at it? Are you doing it with all your passion? Are you doing it to please men or to please God? Whatever you are doing in your singing or whatever... <coughs> So whatever you are doing in your action, whatever you are doing in your service, are you doing it fully for God? It's my, you know, I want to challenge us as we close, that we pray and say, God, even whatever I'm doing, am I doing it wholeheartedly for God? God, as you take me deeper, as I go deeper with you, let me save you wholeheartedly. Let me save you wholeheartedly. Sometimes when you are even doing it grumbling, complaining, you know, within you, it's a thing of within the inside. God knows you in the inside. But I want to challenge you. Are you are you doing it wholeheartedly for God? Are you doing it wholeheartedly for God? Maybe even right now you are doing something, but God is saying, is that enough? Is that enough? That is my question. Don't you think you can do better than what? Is that what God has called you to? Have you reached your full potential? You know what you are just doing? What is hindering? Begin to talk to God. Begin to pray to God. If you don't know your area of ministry, if you don't know what you are called to do, then so make it a cry to God. Say, God, show me. Speak to me, Lord. Reveal to me. He reveals it supernaturally. He can reveal it supernaturally. The conviction through the word of God. There is an inner conviction. Even that you, you get yourself to say, this is my area. This is the area where I should serve God. 
God is looking for people. The church is in need of people. You will notice even right now, many churches, 10% of people that are serving God. You have 100 people attending. About 20 are just serving God and doing things. But where are the 80? What are we doing for God? What are we doing for God? Don't you think that you can make a change? You can make a difference in that church. You can make a difference in that city. So I want you to talk to God. Say, God, help me. Help me, God. If you are doing something, am I doing really enough, God? Am I doing really enough, God? Am I visiting your people, God? Am I doing that enough, oh God? Have I given myself out truly enough with the Father? When I preach, do I make time to, to, make, to, to prepare for that? When I teach your people, am I giving time to teach them? Am I starting the way right now? Lord, help me. Help me, oh God. Oh, begin to talk to God. There is something, there is something special in you. There is there's something unique in you that God has deposited in you so that you can make a difference, so that you can make a difference. It will help people, rather, to go deeper with the Lord. You cannot only go deeper in your relationship, but also even in ministering to God, in ministry, in calling. God has something for you. Pray that God will help you. Maybe you are confused about what am I really supposed to be doing. But God can clear that confusion. He clears that confusion. He clears all that, that confusion. He takes away every confusion. Oh, Rabaka Shinda Rabakayana. Morena Rabaka Shanda Rabaka. Morena Rabaka Shinda Rekete Rabaka Sanda Rabaka. Morena Rabaka Shinda Rekete Rabaka Yanda Rabaka. Help us, Lord, to go deeper in serving you. To know and understand our promise. Our area of calling to Holy Spirit. I <coughs> pray. Spirit of the living God, reveal to us, O oh God, anyone that is burning, hearing, O oh God, desiring right now, Heavenly Lord, I pray, God, to you reveal. You will reveal the Spirit of the living God. Reveal it, O oh God, right now. Thank you. 